good. Amen. Amen. So I want to know, did you come to receive today? Yes. Now, I mean it now. Did you come to receive? Yes. Okay, so look at your neighbor and just say, neighbor, I come to get it all today. Hallelujah. All right, so we're going to go to Mark 4. Last week, of course, uh, Brother Scott Webb was with us, and uh, he said some things last Sunday morning uh, that uh, blessed me, um, and I know it blessed you. Um, by the way, I want to also thank you all uh, for your, um, your honor and respect that you showed uh, Brother uh, Webb. Um, he was very, very honored. Um, he loves coming here, loves the people here, and he says probably one of the greatest things is just how well the people receive and pull on the anointing. And uh, so I want to thank you for that because that always blesses your pastor when, when a guest speaker wants to brag on your church. Amen. It blesses us. So anyway, thank you for all the honor and respect that you showed uh, the Webbs when they were here. So thank you. But uh, Brother Webb shared some things, and um, he, um, he came out of uh, Mark 4 for a little piece of it, and uh, it, it um, uh, began to work some things in my heart. And um, by the next morning, uh, about 4 in the morning it was, I got up and um, the Spirit of God began to talk to me about something uh, that spun off of something He had said that really began to change something in me. And uh, it, it worked something in me that literally I had been dealing with uh, for a decade. And so um, I want to share some of that today, but I want to build on it. Um, and then uh, I believe it's something uh, that'll speak uh, to all of us here today. Sound like a winner? All right, winner, winner, chicken dinner. All right, here we go. So Mark 4, please, let's look at this, uh, verse 35, and it says, On the same day uh, when evening had come, uh, he said to them, his disciples, let us cross over to the other side. So what are they supposed to do? Cross over the other side. Okay, if that was the word, let's do it. Uh, now when they had uh, left the multitude, uh, they took him along in the boat as he was, and the other little boats were also with him. So there's obviously more than just one boat out there. And a great windstorm. The word great here is the word megas, where we get our word mega, okay? So a mega windstorm. This wasn't a normal windstorm. Um, it obviously uh, was something, uh, it, was a, uh, it was demonic in nature. Um, not every windstorm, not every wind is demonic. Hello. But this particular one obviously was, all right? So it was uh, something uh, uh, from, uh, from the evil one. It says, The great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. All right? And when he was in the stern asleep on a pillow, now he's sleeping through it, they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Well, how many know that's kind of a, you know, to say that he doesn't care was kind of a, you know. But, you know, people say silly things when they're fearful. Or they're under pressure, and that was really kind of a uh, kind of a, um, a statement. That probably didn't need to be made, but but uh, nevertheless, it was said. And he arose and he rebuked the wind. Everybody say the wind. He rebuked the wind and said to the sea, "Peace, be still." And my cross reference 
uh, says, be quiet. Um, if you look it up, it literally means he said to the, to the waves, hush. Okay. Um, but he rebuked the wind. Okay. That was the first thing. And if you remember uh, what he brought out last, last week is that, uh, you know, he spoke to really the source of the problem. All right, spoke to the wind or rebuked the wind first, and then, uh, and basically, this word rebuked, um, I went ahead and took some time, looked it up, and it says uh, to, to tax upon or to stir and extend oneself, to make effort towards something, to censor, censor or to condemn or attack it, to admonish or reprimand, uh, to get on it, basically, uh, to forbid, which means also to restrain or prohibit. Or, and it means also, this word also means to straightly charge or denounce something. Now, this is all being said for a reason because of where we're going with this today. Uh, because uh, he got after the wind. And then when he dealt with the source of the problem, all he had to turn to then the, to the waves was just say, hush. In other words, settle down. Peace, be still, depending on you know, our translations and stuff. But, um, but what he rebuked, was the wind. Are you still with me? And he took authority over it. All right. So obviously it wasn't a normal wind. All right. Uh, but anyway, so he, he deals with the wind um, and commands the sea to just be still or to hush. And then the wind ceased. And it says, then there was a great calm, which that word great again, mega. So it went from a mega uh, windstorm to a mega calm. So we're talking about something. Now, the reason it's the mega, you think about it, um, because it is, it, I mean, it, it, got, it got so calm, so quick, it was obvious, okay, that it was demonic in nature. Are you still with me? So it was very obvious, okay. And he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Now, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So somewhere along the line, they heard something that they're not letting it take root. And he, he rebuked them. He rebuked them. Why are you fearful? What is this? So bottom line was, it says, you should have handled this. Left me sleep. I mean, you can say what you want, but if they would have handled it, he would have slept till they got to the other side. Anybody hearing me? All right. Probably been a busy day. Come on now. So he rebukes them and says, why are you so fearful? And how is it? He's asking them the questions. How is it you have no faith? Where's your faith in this? Okay. Now, this is what he said, right? It says, then they feared exceedingly. Now, that's what, not what they're supposed to be doing. But they, I mean, they, after everything they just saw, and then him, you know, kind of, uh, you know, putting the uh, hammer down a little bit with them, what it did then is it, they, they began to, I mean, they were all taken back by the whole thing. And they said to one another, who, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Everybody said the wind and the sea. All right, the wind and the sea. So he deals with the source, which was the wind. Amen. Um, he rebukes the wind. All right. He tax, he puts to tax upon or to stir, extend oneself, to make effort. All right. Um, hang on to that. To censor, amen, or condemn or attack it, to admonish it or reprimand it, 
to forbid or restrain it, to straightly charge or denounce it. All right. And what happened when he did? It obeyed. It did what it was supposed to do. Am I right? Okay, so now let's go to verse 1 of chapter 5. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes, and uh, it says, And when they had come out uh, of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Everybody say an unclean spirit. This unclean spirit is referred to uh, uh, over 20 times through the Gospels um, where there's, um, you know, this, this kind of thing here dealing with. But everybody say an unclean spirit. Amen. So we know he's talking about something demonic here. All right. So it said, verse 3, who had uh, his dwelling among the tombs, uh, and no one could bind him, uh, not even with chains. So obviously somebody tried. Come on, right? They tried to bind him. They tried to chain him up. And how many know it didn't work? I said, how many know it didn't work? Now, we're going somewhere with all this, all right? Uh, Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, And the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. So obviously they tried to bind him, tried to shackle him, chain him down. They tried to tame him, and they couldn't do any of that. You all get that? All right. So how many know that ain't working? It's like bailing water out of a boat filling with water. Keep bailing just, just to turn around and have to bail more. Amen. So the same thing happened that happened just, you know, earlier. All right. And it says, always night and day, this talking about this enemy here, uh, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. And, and when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. All right. Because obviously, you know, it's amazing how the demonic seemed to know who he is. Anyway, it's a whole other sermon. But anyway, and he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I uh, to do with you, uh, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you um, by God that you do not torment me. And he said to him, Amen, look at this, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. So what did he do? He addressed the source. Right? Come on. He didn't say, Go get me a bunch of chains. Let's try to fix these shackles and get them tied down and hog-tied. Let's try to tame him. No. How about we just speak to it, the source of the problem? Amen. Now, there are a lot of people, uh, through the, especially through the course of the Gospels, that we see where Jesus ministered to people that had issues. This one, of course, uh, makes it clear it is an unclean spirit. Uh, But not everybody that's sick or everybody that has uh, issues is necessarily a spirit. But this particular one is. And he addresses it. Come on. Jesus didn't always address the wind. I mean, sometimes the boat, it's just windy out there and the seasons and you got currents and you got, you know, all the different things. And I don't understand all the, how it all works, but, uh, but there's sometimes it's just, it's just, you know, weather being weather, but he understood what was going on there, and even though they're all trying to bail, come on, he speaks to the source, and it changes everything, even though they try to tame this guy, chain him up, shackle him down, 
Everything they tried to do in their own ability and power to try to straighten this thing up didn't work. But he saw the source of the problem, which was a spirit, and he addresses it. And it changes. It's all different now. It's a different ball game, all right? It's a different ball game. Are you still with me? All right. Go with me, if you will. Uh, let's uh, put uh, Matthew 10. Matthew 10, if you'll go there. I want to show you something. Now, I'm just going to let this thing develop here. Matthew 10, verse 1. Um, now, remember, the disciples, he, he's talking to them about, you know, prior to this, you know, where's your faith? What? <laughs> Why are you so fearful? What's the deal here? What are you all caught up? What, what, what's the deal here? Well, you know, this is actually earlier in the story. Now, of course, we're coming out of a different gospel, but what happened there on the lake what happened there at the tombs of the Gadarenes uh, happened after all the disciples were, were, you know, brought together, right? So verse 1 of chapter 10 says this, And when he had called his twelve disciples to him, he gave them power, exousia, that word is, which means authority and dominion over unclean spirits. Everybody say unclean spirit. All right. Now, like I said, over 20 times... The, uh, when it's a demonic thing, it's referred to as unclean. Well, I would assume that's, that would make sense, right? Half a dozen times referred to as something evil, an evil spirit. But we have throughout the Gospels and throughout, actually throughout the Scriptures, uh, sometimes certain spirits are um, identified, all right? Are you still with me? Yeah. Now, only one time did Jesus ever, ever talk to, uh, or should, should say, had a conversation with a, with a spirit, an evil spirit. And, of course, it was at the tomb of the Gadarenes when he addressed it. Who are you? He said, I am legion, for we are many. And really, the only reason, I believe, the only reason that he did that was to show everybody around, it doesn't matter whether we're talking to one or we're talking to many. It doesn't matter. It's all subject to change. Are you still with me? So he didn't go around carrying on conversations with devils, all right? And we're not here today to glorify the devil, and we ain't here today to somehow, you know, get you all nervous about things. But I think we can get some answers here because there's some stuff that have been plaguing uh, some of your tracks for a long time, and maybe, maybe we might be up against something that's kind of hiding in the background. Still with me? So he told the 12 here, as he, as he brought them together, I'm giving you power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Of course, it goes on, then it starts mentioning them. Let's get down here at about uh, verse, uh, verse 7. And as you go preach, say, uh, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Okay, hallelujah. That's never changed, right? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And here's what he said, heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers, this is verse 8 now, chapter 10. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give, right? Now somebody say, well, that's what he did for the, the 12 disciples. Well, go to chapter 28. Now remember, you know, Jesus, it would be unfair for Jesus to address them about fear and about no faith if they had never heard any of this or seen any of this. Right, right. 
right? That would be unfair to them, all right? But they had heard this, and they had seen some of these things. They're not ignorant of what Jesus has done. Come on, the miracles, the signs, and the wonders. Chapter 28, many times we refer to it as the Great Commission. Verse 18, Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, this is right before He ascended. He said this, all authority, all exousia, okay, all authority and dominion has been given to me in heaven and on earth, right? So now he turns around and says, go therefore. In other words, I'm handing it to you. Go therefore, and you, what do you do? You go make disciples of all nations. So you can't say, listen, you can't say that there are only 12, you know, 12 disciples. Come on now, listen. So he said, uh, you go now and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, right, Holy Spirit, teaching them, here we go, to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So everything that I've commanded you to do, I'm telling you now, go out there, make more disciples, tell them to do the same thing that I told you to do. So if I told you that I've given you authority over unclean spirits, then they have authority over unclean spirits. If I said, go heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils, then you go tell them to do the same thing. Right, right. Am I right? Yes. Amen. With that said, go to the book of Luke. Amen. Luke chapter 10. Am I boring you today? No. I don't want to bore you now, but I want you to grab hold of this. All right. One time, at one time, we have 70 disciples. Okay? So this particular time, we got 70 of them, okay? And he sends them out two by two to go do the things that he even told the 12 to do. All right? So they come back now, verse 17 of chapter 10. It says, Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us. In your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. In other words, man, he saw him brought down. In fact, the scripture says, amen, that whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven or the heavenlies, or literally means the unseen. But you've been given authority to bind the enemy, to take authority. The word says, how do you expect to even go in and plunder his house unless you first bind him first? Are you still with me? So that has never changed. And so he goes on to say, behold, I give you authority. Same word, exousia. Authority, dominion, amen, to trample on serpents and scorpions. Now, he didn't tell you to go around playing with snakes and scorpions. He's just saying it doesn't matter what's out there. What, the things that would try to bring fear towards you, I've given you authority over. I'll leave that alone right there. And over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the, here we go, the spirits are subject to you. He didn't say stop doing it. He just says, listen, this ought to be the norm for you. You're all worked up. Woo, some devils ran. Woo-hoo. He said, listen, that ought to be the norm. 
He said, you, instead, you should be rejoicing that your, your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Be rejoicing that you're part of a household of faith. Be rejoicing in the fact of the family you belong in, that the kingdom that you serve under. Amen. This is what all excites you. Having authority over spirits is a norm. Everybody say spirits. He wouldn't tell us to have authority over spirits if it wasn't spirits to have authority over. The word here, spirits, and all the way through, actually through the um, New Covenant anyway, um, is pneuma, is the Greek word. And um, pneuma um, means... Um, let me give you a definition. It means current of air. It means breath, movement of air, blast, breeze, or wind. Okay? It's, it means vital principle or so, that which is key or crucial. And that, that's multiple reasons for why it says that because one of them being without the spirit, the body dies. And without... Anytime a spirit, now just listen, anytime a spirit is removed, whatever it affected has ceased. Now listen, okay, because this is where it all goes. It also means mental, listen, spirit here, pneuma, means mental disposition or a mindset. Every spirit has a mindset. Get this. It refers to, this word pneuma refers to angelic, demonic, and human. Used to bug me. I'd get to reading about stuff, and I, you'd think that at least when it said, you know, talking about the Holy Spirit, it'd be a different word, right? When you're talking about the demonic spirit, you think that'd be a different word. Or talking about your spirit, it'd be a different word. Same word. It's clarified in either the adjective, amen, or how it's used in a sentence. Whether it's the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of God, or Holy Spirit versus unclean spirit, come on, evil spirit, accusing spirit, come on, are you still with me? Or your spirit. And any time in the Scripture when you're reading you know by whether the adjectives or how it's written or who it refers to, you know whose spirit it's addressing. Now, why is this so important? Well, Jesus understood when an evil spirit was present. He addressed the spirit. It had to go, and everything that it affected ceased. You see what I'm saying? I mean, the, the problem that it brought stopped. Still with me? Okay, let's look at it this way. The word also means breath. Every spirit, every spirit is called, somehow or another, will influence something or another truth. Whether we're talking God's, we're talking angelic, we're talking demonic, we're talking yours. You're designed to influence. Your spirit is designed to affect situations, even natural situations, 
infect other lives, come on, and you're called to influence them, amen, through your spirit, amen, and one of the keys is by breath. Are you still with me? Hang on. Genesis 2. Put that up on the board, if you will. Genesis 2, verse 7. Let's look how God designed this. And we've touched on some of these things before, but we're, I want you to hear this in the light of what the Spirit of God gave me for today. Chapter 2, verse 7. And, God, and the Lord God formed man uh, out of the dust of the ground, and then He breathed into His nostrils, literally into His face it means, so he breathed, literally that word breath means, literally means divine impartation or influence, uh, come on, or inspiration, okay? So he <sighs> breathed into his face. And it said then the breath, and it says it was the, called, referred to as the breath of life, right? And man became then at that moment a living being, literally means a speaking spirit, okay? But the point being is this, okay? Breath is what, amen, empowered human. You know, you still are called to live on that. I mean, a lot of times we get to thinking, well, yeah, we all need oxygen. I ain't talking about oxygen. Your human body needs oxygen to function. But you need the breath of God. And that's never changed. Are you still with me? Chapter 3, put that up, verse 8. Um, we see here, uh, chapter 3, put, uh, we'll come back to Job here in a second. Put uh, Genesis 3 and 8 up on the board, if you will. Genesis 3 and 8. That's down there for you. Did I give you that one? Did I forget to give you that one? There it is. And they heard the sound of the Lord, uh, God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, uh, God among the trees of the garden, okay? Um, so they heard the sound. That word sound literally means voice. They've heard the voice of the Lord and then came down walking in the garden because that's exactly what we're all called to do. The Word says this, that we are called to walk with Him. Come on, somebody. All the patriarchs of faith, every one of them that did anything, you'll find in there a verse somewhere in there it says, and they walked with God. What does that mean? They conversed with God. Why did they converse with God? So God just wanted somebody to talk to? No, it's because he wants to breathe into you. Now, hang on to this. Now, right now we're talking about God's spirit. See, God still wants to connect with you on a daily basis. Now, they hid themselves from the garden, or pardon me, as they went into, uh, you know, as he walked in the garden in the cool of the day, which literally means, okay, the day means daily. It's what they did every day. This particular day, they're hiding. Still with me? The word, the cool of the day, refers to breath or wind. Come on. So the point is this. He's not really referring to the temperature of the garden. He's referring to what he did with him on a daily basis that now all of a sudden it's all shifted. Now hang on. So God is wanting to come again, walk and talk with them, breathe into them on a daily basis. Amen. In fact, uh, now let's go back to Job. Put Job, real quick, just throw them up. Job 32 and 8. Elihu, which is one of my heroes. Um, one day I'll get to meet Elihu, and I'll look forward to it. He was a young man at the time of Job here when Job and all of his 
friends, so-called friends, are sitting around a fire belly aching and moaning and groaning. Come on, somebody. And so a young man finally gets tired of it. Literally, it says he gets tired of hearing them moaning and groaning and belly aching about everything and trying to come up with some, you know, trying to bail water, trying to tame a situation. And so the young man says there's a spirit in man, and the breath of the Almighty gives him understanding. He's talking about God breathed on me today. And this is what he said. Are you still with me? Put chapter 33 and verse 4, I believe it is. The Spirit of God has made still Elihu talking. The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life, vitality, hallelujah, inspire, uh, to inspirit, that word also means. He's, he's basically saying, Elihu says, listen, understanding and life all comes out of the breath of God. You're all sitting here belly aching about all the problems, trying to fix everything in a natural way, and why don't we let God breathe on us? I'm not mad, by the way. You all know that, right? You're sitting here trying to fix everything in the natural. You're bailing water. You're trying to tame this demonic situation. And all we're doing is giving it more place. Let's speak to the problem. Let's let God breathe into this situation. So what happened to, what happened to um, Adam and Eve? Now listen, I may, may, maybe this whole thing maybe might seem a little bit more um, simplified, maybe. I don't know. But I think that's the way it's meant to be. So what happens is a snake come on, with a different kind of influence a different breath. Given place, breathes into this thing. And all of a sudden now, life gets pretty miserable because we're letting the wrong spirit breathe into us. Put... Uh, uh, what is it, 1 Corinthians, is it, or 2 Corinthians? What did I give you? 2 Corinthians 11, that's it. 2 Corinthians 11, put that up there. It says this. Let me get my... Okay, verse 3 and 4 says this, But I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, deception... So your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus, in other words, there's somebody else talking, somebody else is breathing into this thing, whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit, come on, which you have not received, or a different gospel, different message than you have. In other words, it doesn't matter what's breathing. So remember, every spirit has a level, of, has the opportunity, I should say, or the ability to influence. 
That's why he put it. That's why they're all the same. Spirit is, is a spirit thing. A spirit thing. That's that's key. That's the key principle. Is it doesn't matter. They all you see. If you if I if I let some other human continue to speak into me, pretty soon they influence me. They breathe enough into me that I pretty soon I start saying, well, yeah, maybe you're right, even when they're not right. Or I let some devil come on somebody, some unclean spirit. I give it place and let it continue to breathe in me. It will affect my life. Or I can let God continue on a daily basis to breathe into me, to keep me on the straight and narrow. Come on, somebody. To make the choices that are necessary. To discern right from wrong. And he goes on to say, he said, uh, that you may put up with it. Now, but bottom line, what it means is that you may take it in or receive and accept it. In other words, if you don't watch, you just let anybody say anything do or any spirit in. You can let any message in. If you're just going to let every little, you know, I, I don't know how to say it, so if, if I don't mean to be offensive, but any Tom, Dick, or Harry, if your name's Tom, Dick, or Harry, no offense, but you don't just let anybody speak into you. Right. And you just don't let any spirit have place. You still with me? Put 1 John 4 up there. 1 John 4. I'm going to come back to that one in Galatians in a minute here for Kathy. Give Kathy a hand clap. Amen. What a blessing. Praise the Lord. Verse 1, chapter 4. Beloved, do not, uh, do not believe every spirit. But test the spirits or discern the spirit, whether they are of God. He says, because there's many false prophets that have gone out into the world. Now, he's not just talking about just doctrinal things here. He said every spirit. Okay. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, that which is anti-Christ, anti-anointing, anti-anointed one. That word Christ means, how many know Christ is not his last name? It just means anointed one. Okay, the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already, is now already, and is now already in the world. You are of God. Now listen, you are of God. You are of God. You are of God. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. What? All that false mess out there. You don't have to give place to any false spirit. You don't have to give place to some demonic spirit. You don't have to give place to some idiotic spirit. Or the spirit of stupid. Or any other spirit that's not of God. That's what he's trying to say. You're of God, little children. Amen. And you've overcome them. Why? Because... He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak. As of, in other words, they breathe. They breathe what they breathe. Why? Because that's what they're of. That's their, that's their spirit. That's it. That's out of their, That's what they are. 
So whether we're talking, right? Now listen, this, this works across the board here. So hang on here. Okay, hallelujah. So there, therefore they speak as of the world and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God, uh, he who knows God hear, uh, hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So obviously there's a spirit of error out there and there's a spirit of truth. Are you still with me? Now, put, uh, put the Galatians 5, and I think it's like, is it 25? Is that what it is? Get this, okay? He's talking about living in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit. If we live in the Spirit, of course, in context, he's talking about whether you give way, amen, to the things of the world, amen, I mean, things of the flesh versus things of God. He says, you have to decide what spirit you're going to live up. But if we choose to live in the Spirit of God, then we also have to walk in the Spirit, Come on, somebody, which literally means to keep step with. Come on, just like the patriarchs of faith walked with God, just like Adam and Eve walked with God. Come on, somebody. We have to continue to walk with God. Why? Because God wants to just talk? No, because God wants to breathe. Because not only is it vital, listen, it's about a mental disposition. Because if I let him breathe in me, I begin to take on his thoughts. I begin to take on his mentality. I begin to take on his mindsets. But if I let just some other random person out there spew stuff into me and I keep feeding, then I, what I'm starting now, it starts his spirit and the breath out of him is now affecting my spirit, changing my mindsets. And all of this, I haven't even got to what I have to get to yet. No, I ain't stopping. All right, because here it is. All right, we live in the Spirit. Let us also walk in the Spirit. In other words, the only way this is going to work for you and me is if we keep in step with Him, keep letting Him breathe into us. That's how it works. All right, now let's shift. Luke Chapter, what is it, 13? Is that what it is? This is what the Spirit of God began to show me. Luke and 13, verse 10. We'll read through this. Now, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, okay? Verse 11. And behold, everybody say behold, right? So something, uh, something's about to happen here. Let me get to it in mine. And behold, here we go. <clears throat> And behold, right? Am I, what verse is this? Verse 11. Did I go to the wrong one? There it is. Verse, there it is. Okay. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of what? Infirmity. Ever say a spirit? spirit? A spirit of infirmity. Okay. It says what? How long? 18 years. Now, you know as well as I do that something's printed in here. It's not just because, you know, he needed something to fill the page. Right? There's a reason for it. He's mentioning it. And you know, it's not everybody he prayed for. He called out some spirit or acknowledged it was a spirit. But here it was, it was a spirit of infirmity. Okay? And it says, for 18 years, and when she was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. 
But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Okay? Now, he didn't always acknowledge that. Sometimes he just laid hands on her. Sometimes he'd say something else. Sometimes he'd just say something like, Pick up your bed and walk. But this particular time, he's addressing something. Come on. But the ruler of the synagogue, of course, you know, got weird. Right? Answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, trying to make some, you know, whatever. Jesus called him a hypocrite, verse 15. Come on. He goes down to verse 16. says, so ought not this woman being a daughter. Listen, he clarifies it. A woman being a daughter, you are of God. Little children, you are of God. Should not this woman, who is a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath? You're trying to make it about a day? This woman needs free. But he acknowledges that it's a spirit. 18 years. Why is that so important? Because this little imp from hell has been sitting on her shoulder convincing her she's sick. To the point that it affected her body. So now she's literally bowed over because of this thing that's constantly breathing into her. So this word infirmity means disease, sickness, frailty, refers to literally a lack of energy. Now you think about this. This is where the nitty-gritty comes down to. What is breathing into you? Who's breathing into you? Listen, I'm not taking away your salvation. She's a daughter of Abraham. You're a child of God, and yet still could have some foul spirit breathing into you and affecting your life. Listen, you can't read the book without getting that. We're not saying you're possessed by a devil. We're saying right now you're being oppressed by some imp from hell that's had the right that you've allowed, that you've given jurisdiction to breathe into you. So here, this thing's breathing. Oh, I'm just... Oh, just listen, if some and Scott brought this up, he said, listen, if something's go ongoing, it's probably a spirit behind it. Ding, 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 ding. And you have authority. You have dominion. You're a child of God. It doesn't even have to take much. You don't have to. You say, you lying spirit, you unclean spirit, you spirit of infirmity, I bind you in the name of Jesus, be gone. Listen, sometimes, you know, it's not about how we bind him. Sometimes it's just the fact that you found him out. Once you find out the little suckers out, come on, you get him gone. Don't, I mean, listen, you're sitting here bailing water. You're sitting over here, you know, still 
boat over trying to get comfortable. You're still trying to tame it. Trying to shackle it down to hush it up. Medicate it. Thank you. And the whole time it's just a spirit that's been sent. Listen, I'm not asking you to, you know, go, oh, the devil, where are they at? Chasing after everything and every time an open door you think a devil snuck in. Or I mean, I ain't asking you to, I'm just saying, listen, it, 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 it's very clear. If, if something is ongoing and you can't, dog, you can't get it off your tracks, if this thing just keeps dogging you, it's probably a spirit behind it. Well, what if I don't know what it is? That's not hard. How about you unclean spirit? You evil spirit. You don't have to call it by name. But you know, it's probably pretty easy to figure out because of what it's doing to you. You probably might be able to figure out, yeah, that divisive, come on, accusing, come on, demonic, deceptive, I mean, whatever. And Jesus addressed the the wind and then the rest of it. He said, now hush. And we're over here, the stuff he said hush to is the stuff we're trying to fix and make right. and Oh, just on, going, on, going. And the whole time you got some little imp from hell sitting on the shoulder just breathing into you. Second Timothy, put that one on the board. Chapter uh, 1. Well, verse 3 says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day. Verse 4, please, let's keep it moving. Greatly desire to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be, uh, that I may be filled with joy. Amen. Verse 5, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. Amen. So obviously it's a household of faith. I am persuaded in you also. But that little pesky little demon wants to come on so he says i remind you stir up the gift of god which is in you through the laying on of my hands verse 7 for god has not given us a spirit of fear but obviously there's one there and he says listen you got to stir it up and you're going to have to address it you're going to have to deal with it okay <clears throat> he rebuked the wind he put he uh, to tax upon, to stir and extend oneself, to make effort, to censor, to condemn it or attack it, to admonish it or reprimand it. Literally means to get on it, to forbid, restrain, prohibit, to straightly charge, denounce it. What are you supposed to do? Address it. Stir yourself up. Don't let that thing control you. Don't let that thing take from you. Don't listen to that light. Stop letting it breathe in you. Man, you ever been up around somebody with bad breath? (laughs) There ain't nothing more embarrassing. Been talking to a dozen people, and then they go in, Trudy goes, Woo, your breath. I'm going, All I can think is the dozen people I just talked to. All they can think. They didn't hear a word I said. My breath is peeling paint off the barn, man. <laughs> now, we all have enough, we all know enough to, 
you know, when something like that's going on, to kind of either look away or hold your breath. Because I'm not about to let that bad breath somehow enter my nostrils. We know enough to do that. And yet that little imp from hell, come on, breathing. Oh, you're just sick. You ain't got no strength. You're always going to be infirm. You're always going to live like this. You're never going to have. It's never going to work for you. I know you already tried. You poor thing. You already tried praying. It didn't work, did it? I know. Nobody understands you. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. (laughs) The troubles I've seen. Nobody knows. What's going on right now? You got some little imp breathing in you, and you're taking it on. You're giving it access. And here he's talking about a spirit of fear. That word there literally means timidity or insecurity. That's the one the Spirit of God dealt with me about Monday morning. And it was all about dealing with the fact that we have been, for a decade, worked towards a building. And we had it in our hands. It was ours. And some person, based on their own little financial status, whatever it was, they made an adjustment, changed it, pulled the rug out from under us. And then, the yeah, come on, brother. And then the, they, we, we went, stepped out again, came at it from another way. Everything was laid out. It was ours. Pulled the rug on them again. Third time, pulled the rug on them again. Tried a different building. They pulled the rug on me again. Pretty soon, a little timidity, insecurity started breathing into me. Anybody start mentioning the building, I start going, yeah, amen, amen. Yeah, amen, yeah, I'm, yeah, we, yeah, amen, 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 yeah, that's what we need, amen. What are you doing, Jerry, backing up? I didn't want to know he talked to me about building. Then we were promised this complex, and it got jerked out from me. I'm like, <sighs> then we started Victory House, and we were going moving toward buildings. It's like, yeah! It's like, Phew! and the whole time I'm like, Phew. well, maybe, maybe God doesn't want me to have a building. Maybe God doesn't really want me to, you know, do all that. Maybe God's just, you know, thinks that we should just stay right where we're at. I'm still saved. I'm still heaven bound. I'm still passionate about everything else I preach. You get to talking about buildings, I'll smile at you. I'll say, hey, man, brother. But inside I'm doing this. No more. So that changed in me Monday morning. Because I realized it was a spirit that had dogged my tracks. And I let him breathe into me. And it was just that area. And I just, right then it was like I shot out of my chair going, you foul devil. How did you... It doesn't matter. You've been found out. Now get out. Yeah. 
And all of a sudden, everything shifted. Everything changed. I knew it was gone. And it didn't take some, you know, exorcism. Right. Spitting out green goo. and <laughs> It just took recognizing what had been breathing into me. Well, no more. Look at your neighbor. Tell him, no spirit of fear here, praise God. Now you think about this, timidity, insecurity, faint-hearted, lack of courage. One more, and I'll let you go. Romans 8. I felt like I had to talk about three different ones. Just settle down. Listen, you might as well get the full meal deal. Come on now. Listen, I mean, I, there, I mean we, there are so, there's, there's a, uh, I mean, all through here are listed different types of spirits. Come on. Romans 8. See, I can find something in Romans 8, Gary. Come on now. Uh, what did I give you? Uh, verse, uh, what, 14? I give you that first? There we go. That's a good one. Uh, but as for many as are led by the, literally means induced, influenced, inspirited, breathed in. Come on. Many as are led by the Spirit of God. These become then the sons, we us, mature ones of God. Uh, but you did not receive the <gasps> spirit of bondage, again, to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. In other words, you're part of a household of faith here. You're part of a family. You're of God, child of God. So this spirit here of bondage has got to go. Okay, so what is this one now? Okay, it means captivity. Literally means to be enslaved, and in context, talking about being enslaved by a lack of sonship. In other words, knowing who you are. All these promises are yours. You're in lack right now. You're enslaved right now. Or in, you are in bondage right now. Come on, because this little imp been breathing into you, and the whole time you're free. You don't need to be enslaved anymore with this. You don't need to be in captivity to, uh, you know, to uh, uh, being uh, somehow um, separated from all that God has promised you under your, your covenant. And he calls it a spirit of bondage. And of course, unto fear. In other words, so somewhere online, fear is always going to come in the picture. But it's a spirit of bondage. You think about this in area of your, of even your finance. Sometimes it's just a spirit of bondage. I'm just saying all this spirit of infirmity, spirit of bondage, spirit of fear. This right here is going to just those three spirits alone. And if you don't even know if it's either one of them, just call it you doggone unclean spirit. Get out of here. Because it has no place. Sometimes it's just finding it out. And, you know, 90% of your battle's done because you figured, you found it out. Right. Now, why does this thing 
not work? Why does it not work? And you pray and you believe God. You lay hands on it. You command it to work. And it won't work. And it won't work. And it won't work. And you pray and you believe. You say, I'm a tither. I'm a tither. And yes, you are. And man, I, and then you pray and you believe. And it won't work. And it won't work. And the Spirit of God says, will you hush? Open it. <gasps> well, looky there. There's something in the way there. He's been found out. 80% of the battle's done because now you know what the problem is. The Spirit of God showed you. Now you know what the problem is. You take that little pesky little sucker out of there and you get him closer back up. There it goes again. Praise the Lord, just like it's supposed to. Sometimes it's the exact same way in our lives. Sometimes it's just that one thing. It's just that, that little thing back there has been breathing into you for 10 years. Breathing in you for 18 years, breathing in you for even a month. It shouldn't even give it a day. But yet, that's when you start recognizing that thing, it's, it's wrong. That's not of God. Discern that. That's why he says, you test those spirits. Is it of God? No? Then let's get rid of it right now. Don't give it opportunity to keep breathing into you. Still with me? Well, actually, did you get something tonight? Or today, praise God. It ain't night yet. But anyway, praise the Lord. I could have went on. I had more. But that's all right. I got least done. I know I'm supposed to get done today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, let God breathe into you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Why don't you all stand up? Praise God. Hallelujah. It changed my life. I believe it'll change the ministry. I believe it. I think it's already started, to be honest about it. I think it's already started shifting things. You know, uh, if you remember um, Brother Webb, uh, and I don't remember which service, whether it was the Sunday service last week or, or Monday or whatever, but um, remember he talked about, you know, sometimes we're trying to grab, get something to, to flow, and the whole time it's just kind of hovering right there, just hanging there. And, and all it is is just something's in the way. And once you get that thing out of the way, it's, it just starts flowing. And sometimes that's what it is, is this little, some spirit been breathing into you. And if you don't watch it, after a while, it changes a mental disposition. Pretty soon, you start just thinking that's your lot in life. Right. Pretty soon you start even thinking, well, you know, maybe that's just what God wants. Or your own strategy. There's just all kinds of things it just starts moving into. And the whole time, the Spirit of God had it there for you, and you're over here bailing water. So, Father, we give you praise. We take authority. Hallelujah. Right now, over every unclean thing that has been breathing into anybody in this room, anybody listening or watching by Internet, Father, I just thank you right now. We take authority over the spirit of infirmity, the spirit of fear, the spirit of bondage, hallelujah. Every evil spirit, every unclean demonic spirit, we take authority over it right now in the name of Jesus. We give you praise right now, amen, for your breath, Father, hallelujah, hallelujah, for your uh, breathing into us, praise God, for the wind of the Spirit, amen. We thank you, Lord God, hallelujah. That what you began, you are finishing, praise God. And we take authority over every hindering thing right now.
that would hold it back, and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.